Hey guys, I'm Kira and you're listening to my show Inspired Lives, live on Ross FM from 5 to 6 p.m. every Thursday. I'm joined today by the incredible Roger Ryan and quote from Roger, he truly believes music is for the soul and that's the premises which Roger works with. He's built a musical career, career as a graduate of Oakwood College where he majored in piano for performance and graduate studies in arranging at the University of Alabama which launched his producing career. Roger, how are you? It's an honor to be here. Can you tell us? I know you just got off a flight. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell them all where you were? I was in the UAE, which is called uh, the United Arab Emirates, and I was in the College of Music uh, working there with uh, selected students uh, in a program called the Pearl Program. They're young, uh, upcoming artists, songwriters, singers, and um, I had the honor of working with with, uh, four students this time. And tell us, Roger... When you were over there, how did you find the quality of music in the sense of what is the difference with like kind of genres or did you find anything unusual when it came to blending and fusing styles and is it a different scene over there to Nashville or what's what's current over there? Well, it's definitely different because, you know, the country is a young country, but there's still a lot of talent there, um, a lot of interest in music. Um, and not just um, Western music, but their own music, traditional Arabic music, and they use their own, they use their percussions and their instruments, and some of the music that they have is fused, you know, pop music, Um, but with the fusion, you can hear the uh, influence of their region, which I think is really quite wonderful. Um, And then there's some that really want to be, you know, uh, Western pop artists, and that's a different vibe, but also still very cool. But I think the quality is, is, is growing and will get better. You know, the the, um, the World Expo happened in Dubai. Most people don't seem to know that. And um, one of the uh, instructors that helped be a part of the founding of um, the Berkeley Center in Abu Dhabi, which is about two, maybe two and a half years old, was on the first song, the big theme song, for the opening of uh, the uh, Expo in Dubai. So... There is definitely that kind of musical ability and quality of music out there. Her name is Mesa Cara, and just an incredible singer, songwriter, artist, and uh, you know, a former student of Berkeley in, in Boston. So very, 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 very wonderful uh, things happening there. Potential that will will turn that place into a, another music spot within time and with the right, you know, the right leadership. Lovely, Roger. And can you tell us how you came into music? Was it something growing up that you just always felt this pull to? And we, I understand as well, you have Irish ancestry. And we'll talk about a bit about that later on. But can you tell us about how you came about establishing your style? And how did you fall into love with this beautiful, beautiful gift that is music? Uh, well, I actually started playing the piano when I was four. Uh, my parents said they heard all this music coming out of the living room. And when they walked in to the living room and came down the stairs, they caught me playing and they couldn't reach the pedals, but I couldn't reach the pedals. So, <laughs> um, 
I, it's, it's been a part of me for as long as I can remember. And do you have any musical influences or any artists that you looked up to? Oh, as a young man or a boy? As a young <laughs> man? Well, Both. I mean, you know, everybody loved the Jacksons. I loved the Bee Gees when I was growing up. Earth, Wind and Fire, Chicago. Oh, man, Air Supply, Natalie Cole, James Brown, Stevie Wonder, Anne Murray, Journey. <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> um, my my hero producer, I mean producers, I guess, one would definitely be Quincy Jones and the other would be David Foster, two people that I've admired all of my career and in some instances aspired to be like in some of the things that I arrange and produce. And what's really incredible is Take Six. How did that come about? Was that after college? Was it during college? Or how did this opportunity come up? Um, Take Six happened in college. Maude Kibble, who was one of the uh, principal arrangers or founders of the group, I think, at, at the time, um, I met him my junior year in, in high school. I went to college days, and uh, I heard this choir singing, and Mark was conducting the choir, and Mervyn Warren was playing for the choir, and I had never heard music like that before, ever in my life, in front of me. And I decided I was going to go to school there, and I told Mark I was coming there. And, you know, one thing led to another. I got to school there, and I guess somewhere in my sophomore year, around there, uh, the group was called Alliance at the time, and Mark spoke to me regarding joining the group. Um, I had a discrepancy with my father because I decided not to go to med school and uh, at the end of my sophomore year, and so my dad... Um, wasn't too happy, and when Mark asked me to join the group, I had Claude call my father and ask him about joining the group, and my father said no. So I watched the group move on, become Take Six, and sign their first deal with Warner Brothers. Incredible, but I'm just looking here, you performed on a lot of, you've had loads of live performances with them, and you recorded, did you record the first album with them? No, I didn't. I didn't record the first album. I I toured with them uh, in 2007. They did a European tour, and I got to travel with them. Cedric Dent, who is a genius, a brilliant professor, pianist, arranger, singer, songwriter, everything. He's <laughs> just a super, a super superhero musician. Uh, was a professor and still is at uh, Middle Tennessee State University. Wow! So he could not do the tour. And so I, you know, got to do the tour um, with them. And so I did a European tour. And that's where all of those performances you'll see are from, from Europe, except for the three tenors of Take Six, where I was the music director and had like a, a three-piece band. And we would, you know, do dates with, with the three tenors, Claude, Joey, and Mark. And that was also fun. This is the thing. And guys, we're going to hear some of their songs now in a moment. But Roger... What I love is how you kept up this beautiful relationship with them. You recently had a masterclass um, during the pandemic with Mark Kibble. Can you tell us all a little bit about that? Yes. Um, sharing, you know, information and inspiring people is is a big deal for me. And so um, I asked Mark if he'd be interested in doing a masterclass, and he said, sure. And so we 
did a master class on vocals and arrangements and, and that sort of thing. I mean, we couldn't go as deep as we'd like to because, you know, it's a general master class and there's so much you can do in a master class with, with limited time, but I'm hoping to do a series of, of more things with, you know, arrangements, talking about arrangements, away from the drums because a lot of people... <laughs> and not that the drums aren't important, but the harmonic side of it, using your 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 knowledge of chords and uh, you know melodies, notes to make arrangements, and then seeing how that works with drums and understanding how the drums enhance what you're doing. But it definitely starts with with notes, even though you might hear a groove first. At least that's my humble opinion. <laughs> This is the thing, and having been privileged to actually watch Roger um, perform and and live, and just like it's fascinating to watch because Roger is one of those people. He is mu- he's just he is just music. He the music consumes him, and he just goes off into this other realm when Roger plays music. He's up and down the piano. He's embracing it. There's a beautiful feeling. You really capture and embody the music, Roger, and that's why. I think this pro- the pro- being a producer, like it's a whole like it's it's so perfect because you're able to go into different, different bring the music into different places that wouldn't just like not everyone can do that. It takes a person that really lives in the music to do something incredible like that. And I think it's amazing what you do. We're going to hear two tracks from Take Six now, and then we're going to be back with Roger in a few moments, and we're going to talk more about. I know you've done gospel music and you have directed a few choirs. So we're going to have a talk about that in a few moments. But first, we're going to hear a Take Six song. And that was the fabulous Take Six. Roger, can you tell yeah. me about the songwriting camp in Galway and how did that come about? Um. <laughs> how did you link us all up? <laughs> that was really, really cool listening to... Um, those songs. Actually, I played keyboards on the first one. <laughs> Everybody ought to know. <laughs> Everybody. That, so you play keyboard on that? Yeah, I did. Incredible. I was actually C.C. Wynans' music director <laughs> at the time, and we were actually rehearsing. She wasn't there, and I literally packed my keyboard and left my assistant to run the rehearsal for about an hour or so, and I carried my keyboard all the way to the Warner Brother building just so I could be on that song. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing and, and it's there's like if you Google take six Roger you do come up <laughs> you're there you can see you all performing and you're all dancing together and you're all grooving together it's a it, how to put it it's the kind of music that every you just you just vibe to you just vibe to it's timeless yeah, it's and there's a, beautiful it's harmonies yeah um, uh, because of them you know uh Outside of the favor of God, I really believe that's how I got into into music. And this is so, the thing, and you've um, beautiful has a big big play in my career, and I'm forever grateful that I met them and that they um, embraced me and encouraged me to to be where I am, especially most especially Mark. Ah, I think that's you know I think it's really special when along the way in the in the musical journey that you meet all these amazing people and then you embrace them and there's friendships formed and i think really it's the ta- it's the it's the best prize in it all really isn't it when you form you meet musical creative people that you gel together and you feel seen and heard and you get into the studio with them you record and 
it's all those beautiful little moments coming together and it really does make life doesn't it yes it does I'm sorry so you asked me a question about the songwriters <laughs> yeah because so. for those of you guys that don't know Roger and I've said it at the beginning but Roger has a label called the Aftertouch music label so he's not only just a producer and an amazing songwriter but he's also an entrepreneur so he set up this label when did you begin setting this up Roger uh, maybe about six years ago, six or seven years ago, um, I, I was re- recording artists and producing different people, and we're having these discussions about the industry and people not getting opportunities for whatever reason. You know, it's it's not realistic. Everybody's going to get to walk through the doors of a label and get some opportunity and get their stories heard or get the opportunity. And so I thought, you know, I kept saying to people in my room here at the studio, you know, if I was, if I was a label, I would sign you. And so I got tired of saying it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I did. <laughs> I started a label and, and started working with those with different artists. Um, um, you're one of those artists that I'm actually developing now. <laughs> yeah, and I'm so, I'm honored. I'm honored to be a part of it. No, it's a pretty incredible um, journey. Um, but MIDEM is a beautiful music conference that happens, indie music conference that happens in Cannes, France, Cannes, France, every, every summer. And I started going there uh, every year. And I met a really wonderful gentleman from Ireland. His name is Oshin Brown and his brother, Parrish. And we started dialoguing. It was funny how I met them. I met them coming out of a pizza shop after one of the showcases late, late at night, and we just started talking, you know. He asked me what was my name, and I said, my name is Roger. He said, oh, my name is uh, Oshin. I said, you're, you're Irish. He said, yeah. I said, well, my last name is Irish, you know, and he said, what's your last name? And I said, my name is Ryan. And he goes, well, <laughs> your name means the high prince or the high king or something, he said, and I said to him, well, I'm Blyrish then, and it broke the ice. <laughs> We've been friends. <laughs> the Irish are always trying to find links for everyone. <laughs> I feel it's like it's like little club, isn't it? Yeah, it was great. It was great. So uh, after a year or two being there, I talked with him about my label and asked him if he would be interested in um, being a part of the label and helping me, you know, help me actually just run it, administrate it. Because you know, being a musician, mm-hmm. didn't have all the pieces in place, but I knew that I needed more help more of a team and he said sure and one of the things that he and his brother came up with was a songwriters camp and so we said sure let's do it we didn't know where we we're going to do it and they said let's do it in ireland <laughs> so i said yes let's do it <laughs> and so uh O'Sheen and paris really get the credit even though i mean we are you know we met and discussed it put it together and uh we had it in galway ireland and it's one of the best decisions I ever made. I have fallen in love with the place that I'm actually from. My great-grandfather was an Irish judge, um, and I've fallen in love with the people there, um, you being one of them. Um, I feel like I'm inseparable with the folk that I've met at this, this camp, and we've stayed in touch ever since, and it's been a wonderful experience. And I have to say, guys, being at the camp what was fun, fascinating and fantastic was there was people in from Europe. We had some people in from Switzerland. We had people come from England. I know you did a fabulous track with Nina Garcia. 
Um, it's okay to be not be okay. Um, so many amazing things came out of this. Um, not to mention like bonds and friendships, which I've been blessed to have worked with those people since. And it really, it's one of those weeks. Um, I have to say it, it did change my life. And I'm so grateful that everything, it just takes the, it just it's it's a simple little moment at the right space at the right time. Oshin meeting you and Meadham. I ended up going to Meadham and meeting Oshin and connecting us all up. And it's it's fantastic what's came from it since. Roger, we're going to hear one of your tracks because I know everyone's dying to hear you. So <laughs> that's what uh, I'm here for. We're going to play. Yeah, that's a, it's actually a rough idea of a song that I hope to really fully produce. My brother and I uh, co-wrote that, Randy Ryan. He gets more of the credit for writing it. And I arranged and, and sang it uh, here in, in my studio. And Ro- <laughs> and Roger's idea is, see, Roger's a perfectionist. He's actually, he doesn't brag, but he's absolutely incredible. And I cannot wait for you to hear this track because he would leave you in awe. So here we are. That's what I'm here for by Roger Ryan. Well, Roger, thank God you didn't go into medicine. <laughs> With a voice like that and a talent, how do you stay so humble? Um, my parents, you're very kind. My parents... Um, from the time they realized that there was something going on with my music or with my gift, they they talked all about only about humility. Mm. And I've adopted that. And tell me your experience with Whitney Houston. How did you come about performing with her? Because <laughs> I just think when I hear that, and I, there's a picture, guys. Uh, Roger sent me a picture of him and Whitney, and again another like such a, a talented soul. And that, that just two such soulful singers. How did you come about? I know you played, played for her when she was singing. Can you tell me, tell us about that experience? Well, what was it like to, to hear yeah. that voice? I had, had the honor of being Cece Winans, her first music director, mm-hmm. or one of the first um, music directors. And uh, she at the time was one of the biggest Christian artists in the world. And... Uh, she actually did a duet with Whitney on the Waiting Exhale, Waiting to Exhale soundtrack. She did Count On Me. And they were friends. And we uh, got a call to do the Songwriters Hall of Fame induction ceremonies, which was a tribute to Diana Ross in New York. <clears throat> and that day that we went to this event, to do this event, <laughs> the, this was the people that I met that day at the office. Yeah. Susan DePass, who discovered the Jacksons. Oh my God. I met Barry Gordy, who started Motown. <sighs> I met Paul Simon. I met Leslie Yugams, who was a, a very famous actor, actress, um, known for movies and her singing. She was actually in the movie, in the series Roots and all of that. And um, Luther Vandross. <laughs> and Whitney Houston. <laughs> <laughs> and when she was leaving, that at the end of the event, she was taking pictures with, with my background singers, and I just kind of said to her, excuse me, are you leaving without taking a picture with the music director? <laughs> and she said, oh. <laughs> and I said, oh, over here. And we took this one picture, and I wish I had taken mm. 500 pictures. Um, later on that year, or the following year, I think it was later on that year, Cece did a pilot show, a pilot music talk show called Cece's Place here in oh. Nashville. 
and Whitney was one of the performers. And that's when I got to see her a second time and had the pleasure of playing for her a full show of a few songs. And, you know, it was just an incredible um, experience. I mean, there were many other artists on the show, Kenny Rogers and Denise Williams, Kirk Franklin, Crystal Gale, just name it. It was just so many different kinds of artists that were on this pilot show that I got to play for. Olita um, Adams. But I would I would definitely say that one of the most memorable, obviously, is Whitney Houston. You know, you when I was in college, I, you know, had an argument with my girlfriend at the time. <laughs> you know, I was so, so jealous of Whitney, and I said, said to her, why are you jealous of Whitney? She doesn't even know I exist. What are the, the odds of me ever meeting her? Oh, that's actually brilliant. <laughs> but that's the thing. I think every man was in love with Whitney. She had a presence when she went on well, stage, didn't she? More about her, it, it was more about her music. Mm-hmm. It was that. That's what captivated me. I mean, yes, yeah, she the was voice. beautiful, but the way Clive Davis put her music and presentation mm. together and the songs, you know, that Michael Narada Walden wrote for her, they were just amazing. The whole combination way before all this branding and all this stuff that everybody's trying to do now, Mm -hmm. Clive did that with Whitney, and it was just amazing to watch. I was captivated by the music and the persona. All of it was, you know, larger than life at the time, you know. It really was. It was the voice. I think I Will Always Love You is one of, I think, the most powerful. Well, I think anyway, it was her most powerful song. And that was written by Dolly Parton, wasn't it? So it's amazing how it went from being, it was kind of a country song before and how she took it and just, it's because it, it's, it's known all over the world. Yeah. Well, David Foster, you know, combination, you know, Whitney definitely did her thing on it. But David Foster as the brains behind the arrangement and production of that song, One of My Heroes. And he also did a song on that record called I Have Nothing, which is just a bomb as well. Just incredible work. And it brought out some of the best in Whitney. You know, at the time, it was some of her best work ever. Um, And that's why it's so powerful. And it, it lives beyond her, her life, you know. I think so. Definitely her music. Uh, it's 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 it never will date. It's one of those musics. It, her voice and how she captured the lyrics and really brought life to them. I'm going to play one of her songs now. How will I know? And we will be back with Roger. <laughs> now, guys, we are back with Roger Ryan. For any of you just tuned in, it's Roger Ryan, and we're talking all about his music. Roger, how did you come about performing with Stevie Wonder at the Paralympics? How did that come up? <laughs> so <laughs> that I I just got to share the stage really with him. I wish that I actually got to play for him. I was actually touring with Winona Judd at the time, and Winona was a pretty big artist at the time, iconic from the days where her mom and her actually basically Naomi and her they were called the Judds and basically changed country music. So we were on a really fast track at the time. We did the Lilo and Stitch movie premiere, we did the presidential dinner for George Bush, and we were doing uh, um, a number of big gigs and got called to do the Paralympics in Utah, and uh, we did the opening, so it was a big NBC event, and Stevie Wonder was a part of the program, he was not too far from us, right in the front there, so we shared the stage with him, 
Donny Osman, I think, was also part of the opening. It was really a pretty fun gig. It was a very cold, cold night. I remember being on the ice on my riser with these hand warmers they gave us in my hands and my pockets waiting before I played. It was crazy. But I wouldn't trade it and the memory and the, and the fun time and to be a part of an Olympic event, you know, um, it's my second Olympic event. My first was actually in 1996. Oh my God. Um, Atlanta did the, the Sony stage with CC. So it's, it's been, been pretty cool. I think, I think it's incredible. Like, not to mention, you arranged and directed Martin Luther King Celebration featuring Della Reese. Yes, that was in grad school. You have so much info. I, yeah, but, I, I, <laughs> Roger, your your CV is incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. I'll turn kind of this up. <laughs> but I was a student, and uh, they hired me to do this thing there. There was big Martin Luther King that University of Alabama does every year, and they actually booked Natalie Cole. But Natalie Cole was uh, had a conflict of schedule, so I did meet Natalie though um, later on in life uh, as a music director but at, as a student they hired uh, they changed schedules and booked Della and it was really un- unbelievable to work with her back then there was no internet so I actually had to call the Smithsonian <laughs> to get the charts and the information on the songs they were music songs done by Duke Ellington and so I wrote these orchestral charts and rehearsed with Della and we actually stayed friends uh, for a while until she passed so even beyond school you know, we had an idea to do some work, which we started, and then she got called to do the show Touched by an Angel, and that didn't work. But we stayed in touch up to, up to that point. But it was really quite an honor to, to do that at the school and to work with her, of course. Um, it was dreamy, really, as a student. I think I think it's incredible. Roger, for any artist listening in, what is the key, if you have a key statement or a word of advice for anyone that if say your younger self what would you tell your younger self (laughs) don't stop dreaming and (laughs) believe in yourself um believing in yourself and embracing your gift owning it is so important i think it took me a while to embrace what i was doing because i didn't really have the kind of support maybe that i needed Mm -hmm. earlier on and maybe even you know at some points even during my career when you're sort of in prove mode and trying to prove to yourself and and others. And I think that can be a slippery slope. So I would say to be very balanced, but believing in yourself and having confidence is, is a huge deal, you know, outside of, you know, working on your craft, working on it every day, learning to get better at something. If it's, if it's the musical keyboard aspect of it, or if it's vocals or, you know, understanding the software that you use, whatever it is, it's very, very, very important to to work at it because the, the journey is kind of a loner part of it, and then it's what you do outside, people see and hear and appreciate, but you have to, you have to work hard inside. <laughs> I think, I you think know? you're right, because the talent, like the talent, the talent, Roger, you're phenomenally talented, but I also think it's cre- like it's, it's incredible, you know, you paved that path for yourself, and that you you took up that courage and self-belief and went out and even though they tried to push you into the medical side of things you still were true to yourself and you followed what you love and I think that is so inspiring and I'm sure anyone listening 
it's a real note to them to to just you have to live what you love to truly be happy absolutely thank you that's very kind and run and listen thank you so much you're all the way in nashville i am i'm in nashville tennessee like they say because the, and the music scene over there it's definitely is it what's the mix over there like is it because a lot of people think country like that's the thing in Ireland like you hear Nashville automatically a I lot of people think country but it's everything isn't it? it no Nashville is not just a, a country town and it's it's a very horrible misnomer yeah that's um, why I wanted to bring it up because a lot of people think it's yeah well they're wrong there are a lot of wonderful artists that are not country artists that come out of Nashville and there's no disrespect for country it's been a big part of my career and still is i produce country music and get to work with some of the greatest musicians in the world that work here you know the gary lunds the steve brewsters the dan needhams the jason webbs the dave clevelands blair masters and many others of the world work here um and it's great to work with these gents and um do music with them but they don't only play country music either um, you know, like I said, CC lives here. Um, there are tons of music, uh, music from the Lion King. You'd be surprised how much music comes out of Nashville, and it's not all country. But it's a wonderful music town, and the music is mixing even more. A lot of people are moving here from L.A. and New York, which is changing the landscape of the city, which for me is great. Um, I think the city does need change in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, it's a cool place. It's a cool place for music. But, you know, any place can be that place depending on what you're going after. I mean, it's smart to go to a place where there, there's a music center. Like, you know, Atlanta has become one of those places. Obviously, New York and L.A. are. But you still have to go there and you still have to plant your tree and nurture it and and make sure that you water it daily so that it bears really good fruit and that happens anywhere, <laughs> I love you, that. anywhere you go i love how you describe yeah. that tell us have you anything coming up that you can tell us about or what how can we like social media how can we keep in touch with everything roger ryan <laughs> well my website is uh, www.rogerryan.net my instagram is uh Producer Roger, with both R's at the end, P-R-O-D-U-C-E-R-R-O-G-E-R. Aftertouch's website is aftertouchmusic.com. I think that's pretty much it. Um, I'm involved in a wonderful project for the National Cultural Foundation in Barbados, so I'll be headed back there within the next few weeks to complete, well, at least work on the, the vocal side of the recordings and very excited about that so you'll probably hear uh, a lot about that in social media pretty soon and uh, of course more about my trip to, to Berkeley Abu Dhabi which is my second time being there so there'll be information on that and whatever releases that we have this year I'm currently in the studio with you <laughs> and, <laughs> I'm so excited <laughs> currently in the studio with uh, some other artists I've got a wonderful young artists out of Trinidad and Tobago I'm working with and so just a lot of different things and uh, excited to 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 be creative to do music with 
different people around the world and um, and change the world a little bit. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Listen, Roger, stay amazing. Keep at the music. You're you're just your soul you're just a music soul and that is it that is it you're just incredible we're going to have one of roger's recent um artists nina garcia with her track it's okay to not be okay this track is so important um it was written on the premises of mental health um so i'm going to play that now a stunning voice nina and you recorded this in london didn't you yes yes i did my first master in london at Dean Street Studios, and it was a high honor. David Bowie and Adele have recorded there, so you can imagine I walked in there, you know, <laughs> with my eyes wide open. <laughs> Roger, <laughs> you're too humble, you're incredible. So we're going to hear the track now, Nina Garcia, um, production by the fantastically talented Roger Ryan again. So here we are, it's okay to not be okay. And thank you, Roger, for coming in to studio, being live on the phone in Nashville. Thank You're, you so much. It's been there. I'm so grateful. So here we are. It's okay to not be okay. Fantastic Nina Garcia. It's okay to not be okay. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in today to my show, Inspired Lives, live every Friday, every Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Up next, we have the incredible Daniela with the Wow Show. So stay tuned. This is up next. And again, thank you so much for listening. Until next week, take care, have an amazing day.